the very first punch he like throws, I'm like moving and I'm in the mid-air like gliding back, but he hit me with his right hand and it felt like I was floating for days. Stepping into a boxing ring can be a daunting experience for sure. At 43 years old, professional boxer Miguel Gallegos may be in the best shape of his life. Find out how he rose to the pro ranks and what keeps him motivated on this captivating episode of A Tale to Tell. All right, I'd like to welcome my guest, professional boxer Miguel Gallegos, to the podcast today. Hi, Miguel. How's it going, Dad? Good, good. Thank you for taking the time to share your story with us. And, um, I mean, here you are, 43 years old, mm-hmm. and you're still going at it. Young at heart. Hey, <laughs> no, I, I just, I admire the hell out of you, and... Uh, you know, I've known you for 20 plus years. I've had the great pleasure of watching, I believe, four of your seven pro fights um, and have really enjoyed it. So, ten. Oh, oh ten total ten. pro. Ten. I'm sorry. Okay. Ten, or 11, ten. Yeah, ten. Okay. Okay. Those oh, because you were, Those. sorry, you were six, three, six, three and one. Uh-huh. Okay. So six wins, three you losses, lost. one draw. Okay. And we'll talk more about that. I want to, before we get into that, I want to go back in time. I want to back to when you were a kid um you know what what motivated you how did you get started in boxing oh well you know i remember when i was younger my dad he would i remember him asking me if i wanted to box and i i was like no i I think i was five years old and i watched this fight on tv and i to this day i do not know who this guy was but the, the movement that he was doing i mean he was all over the ring i was like wow if i would fight i'd be fighting like this guy i mean this he had this guy turn around in the ring, and but I remember my dad would have people over, and they're like, because my dad used to box in the service. Okay. So, and people were like, when is, when's he going to fight? You know, and I had no interest in it. I, and you were I mean, five? Yeah, and, and my dad never really even pushed it on me, and but I used to watch fight. I I used to go with my dad to these houses, and we'd watch all these Sugar Ray Leonard fights, and uh but you weren't interested at the time. I, I, yeah, I was. Yeah. I just wasn't. I wasn't interested. Yeah. I just wasn't. So what, you know, what got your interest? How did your interest start building up? Well, I, I don't. When high school, I played all sports. When my senior year, I didn't play anything. And then you know, I had the reputation. Oh, look, there's Miguel. He's real bad. This and that. But no one had ever seen me fight. Really, uh-huh. you know, only selected people had seen me fight. Like growing up as kids, we used to. We didn't have gloves. We used to wrap our hands with our flannel coats. Oh, yeah. Wow. And <laughs> some of those guys would put the zippers and stuff. They sure. could hit you. Hide and it. we had the, that clear plastic tape, and it would it would cut you. Oh, man. But we would... So I learned to, to duck real... Sure. Or, you know, I was like, I'm not getting Survival. hit by that. So I learned how to <laughs> slip. Yeah. But then I remember we... Yellow... Uh, what was it? Yellow front. I was oh, at yeah. Yellow front store, and they, mm-hmm. I found these gloves. And I put those gloves on, and I was like, this is scary. Because it, it was a glove, but it was so small, and it was it was harder. Mm-hmm. It, was, it felt worse than... Yeah, people think boxing gloves are soft, but they're... <laughs> no, and it and I was like, wow, this is dangerous. And so then we would just start, me and the other kids, because I grew up around, we had... There was several kids in our neighborhood the same age as me, and so we would just do round robin stuff, you mm-hmm. know, and get, get in there. Okay, so this was... What, 18, 20? No, no, this was when I was probably 10. Oh, okay. Yeah, but then but I had if... no interest in boxing. Okay. I was just 
we used to play all sports, but I had no interest in fighting. Okay, but you said your senior year you didn't do sports, and then my, and that's is that when, when I you started, started, I started kind of getting like, into the amateur Yeah, it's like, thing. you know, I remember my dad hung a heavy bag up in the back, and I went to go hit it, and I shielded myself from him so he could and he was really trying to see, and he's, he's like, I can't see what you're doing, you're hiding from me. And it was more. It was it was so awkward, and I could tell. Even though I was new to it, I knew my balance was wrong. I could I could distinguish right then and there. I knew, I knew my balance was wrong. Mm-hmm. And whereas some people just you can't like can you get people in the gym they can't figure that out. Whereas you can see it on someone like man you're getting do you feel off balance, you know. So but so then it started progressing right, like that, and uh, and just started training, and it it. It took a while to get conditioned, conditioned into it to the point where I felt I was ready to start competing in amateur boxing. So with your dad, you said your dad had fought in the Navy a bit. Air Just Force. Am- Air Force. Air yeah. Force. Amateur. Yeah, he was. And, or, okay. He so was, was he um, Was he pushing you to do it or he was more encouraging you to do it? He, no, he... Not really. Okay. And even even to this day, when I tell him to fight, he always discourages it. Oh. But as of late, he's been, you know, he'll discourage it at first. That's how he's always is. But then he once he realizes I'm committed to it, mm-hmm. he gets on board. And then he's that guy, Yo, you need to do this. You're not doing that, you know. And he starts implementing things for me to do. Well, and he's been in your ring for most, if not all, of your fights, correct? Oh, yeah. 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 And I know your dad, Art. Great guy. Yeah, he was... Um. So Miguel, how how many amateur fights have you had? Did you have? No, you're not an amateur anymore. But uh, around forty or total, I bet you it was it was in a book registered with USA Boxing. I want to say I had I was like twenty one wins and like ten losses, something like that. But then see back. It was so hard in this area to get fights. So what these people, what they do, they put on these things called smokers. And okay. it's not registered with USA Boxing. Oh, okay. So it doesn't go record in your book. So, I mean, we'd, we'd drive to Gallup and it's like, I get that there's no one my size. I'd be fighting guys that outweighed me by 30 pounds. It's sure. like driving four hours and not fight and come back. or Sure. You know, so I took whatever I get. And a lot of my amateur bouts, like my second amateur bout, I had two, it was my second amateur bout. I fought a guy that had like, 30-something bouts. So I was always fighting guys with more experience. Guys up, yeah. But then again, I was a couple years older than them, so it equaled out. That's how the amateur, mm-hmm. that's how they weigh those things in amateur boxing. Okay, he's older, but he has more fights. You know, the experience, what he's experienced in life, it, it balances out, and that's sure. how, that's equal matching. You know, you don't want to over be overmatched. So I know you, right now, probably weigh 145, one, I don't know whereabouts, Maybe 150, okay. And I know you've gotten down into the third, you know, 130s. Is when you were, were most of your fights in your amateur days, like in the 120s and 130s? Where were they at? 132. 132. I used to struggle to make weight. I didn't. I wasn't hip on dieting. Yeah. And things like that. That's no fun. And when I look at pictures of myself, I I look unhealthy. Okay. At that weight. Okay. Whereas last year when I fought, I was I dropped down to 100. I was 138, and I looked. Healthy. Yeah, I would agree. But when I was younger, I didn't look as healthy. I would agree. Yeah. So, how does one go from amateur to pro? And when did that, how was that decision made? How old were you? 
How did that I, happen? I didn't go pro till I think I was 27, I think. Okay. And I was down in Phoenix. I was down in Phoenix at Madison Boxing Gym. Tyson used to train there. Uh, Mayweather. They had this wall. They had this restaurant. It's on Van Buren. And from Jake LaMotta, to, I mean, to Marvin Hagler, to Holyfield, they all stopped in this place. And it was nothing to it. It was a dark gym. All I had was a heavy bag and a ring and a speed bag. Nothing fancy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I remember I was there boxing. I, I moved down there. And uh, my dad came down. My dad had come down and he, I took him to that gym. And next thing you know, he signed me up to fight next the following week. Jeez. And I ended up Thanks, winning. Pop. I ended up winning the, it was the Arizona State title. And then I had another fight scheduled. I'll tell this story. Then this is yeah, it. absolutely. So, there, so I won the Arizona State title. So it qualified. It was like a like an Olympic qualifier stage thing. So then I got to go to like a four state thing in Albuquerque, where all this everybody who won will compete. And then from there you go to California, California, Colorado Springs. Well, I was there. The who I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, Gene Tunney's gym down there in in uh, Phoenix and I was the main event I'm like who is this guy I'm fighting the guy's name was Pepe Montoya and I'm like who is this guy so the whole night I'm looking around trying to figure out who's warming up like who am I fighting because normally you see him at the weigh in in the morning because amateurs you weigh in the same day Okay. whereas pros you weigh in the day before I'm like I don't know who this is so it's like main event here it comes and uh, I look and I see him and I'm like holy shit I'm like this is the guy I was talking to a couple weeks ago when I fought on a week's notice, and I'm talking to him. He was like a four or five time uh, Golden Glove champion of Arizona. Okay. And he was getting ready to go pro. That was like my conversation with him. Okay. Well, he decided to have one more amateur bout before he went pro, and that was with me. Okay. No and pressure. He, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, his guy was huge. He looked big. And so I'll get into that. We can talk about something like that about the weight how these people cutting weight and the business of cutting weight in their pros but uh, I remember they played never you know, I'm, I'm for boxing they don't play music well they played music for us walking out both and, of you uh, Vasily Jiroff was there I don't know if you know him he's an uh, Olympic gold medalist okay he was there I remember I met him <laughs> and uh, they played uh, Eye of the Tiger for my music hey I can't stand that song <laughs> nor, can now, my, now nor can my wife so but this what happened I got in the ring and we faced off the instructions backed up. The very first punch he like throws, I'm like moving and I'm in the mid air like gliding back, but he hit me with his right hand and it felt like I was floating for days. And I didn't remember anything. I didn't remember anything for the next couple rounds we had it was a oh, they had scheduled for usually amateur bouts are only three rounds, but this was uh, four rounds. And I didn't remember anything and I and then I came to and but after the fight I had so many people come up to me and say, man, I have never seen anybody box that guy like that. Even my dad came up and said, that's the best I've ever seen you fight. I didn't remember shit. How old were you? I was 21. Okay. But I didn't remember none of it. <laughs> okay. But everyone was like just impressed with it. But that was one thing my dad said was the footwork. And that was one thing that that place in uh, Rodriguez camp, because they wanted me to go pro. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. And But they... They push footwork. I yeah. mean, I went there for a month straight and didn't throw a punch. Sure. All I did was move. Let me interrupt you just for a second and talk about footwork because I a lot of people think, and I'm certainly no uh, boxing aficionado, uh, even though I had the great pleasure of going 
sparring with you for a few rounds a few years ago and I almost died. But um, most people think it's all up or predominantly upper body. But what do you have to say about that? It just no, you got to use you. It, sure, it's like that in USC and USC. You use your entire body for defense and boxing. You use your entire body for defense. You got to move your legs. Mm-hmm. If your footwork isn't right, your punches aren't going to be. The trajectory of your punches, the you know force of it, just not going to sure. be up to par. Sure. So, but um, yeah, you got to get out of trouble. <laughs> you got to move, man. So, Miguel, this guy basically was going pro. Did did that fight? Even though you lost it, you fought so well. Did that take you into the pro ranks? What do you mean, like the even the one in Arizona? Uh-huh. So what do you the mean one against it Pepe came into the pro ranks. So how? Like, how? Oh, how do you transition? How do you from transition am- from amateurs into pros? Yeah, you don't have to have any amateur experience at all. You really? just gotta okay. apply for a license. Okay, but they'll look at it. That each state is different, and like a state like Nevada, they're not gonna, they're not gonna approve it. You know, sure. like oh, this guy has no amateur experience. Sure. You're wanting him to fight pro this first fight against this guy, so no, we're not gonna sanction it. Denied. But um, sure, I I remember when I did go pro. I was here at the casino, and the guy's name was Ben Fernandez. I remember him asking me, "Are you sure you really want to do this? Are you? I have to ask." And I looked at him like, "Yeah." He's like, "What are you worried about? You're not yeah. getting punched." I go, "I know exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. I'm, yeah. I, you know, I know what it's called for. I I've been punched. I, yeah, you've been around the block. So it does help times. to have that amateur experience going into it for sure. Yeah." And but there there's really no transit. It's like USC. I don't you don't got to either. They you can become pro like that. So Miguel, you've had ten ten fights, six three and one, right? So six wins, three losses, one draw. Out of those fights, what would you say is your most memorable fight? Mm. And and why? My second one uh, against a guy named Marcus Brashears. Mm-hmm. Because was that here in Colorado? Uh, I remember because um, because sparring I had no sparring, I had I got four rounds of sparring and it was with this guy that was my age at the, now no at that time he was my, and uh, this guy I fought Marcus Bashir it was his pro debut sure it was my second pro fight but it was his pro debut but he had fought twenty times in twenty months oh my goodness that's active wow and so yeah when we got in the ring. He was a guy from Texas, Gainesville, and uh, I remember the first. So I remember the first round we went at it, and his speed, you know, he was he, he was just hard. He was harder, you know. And uh, but at the end of the first round, he was back was against ropes, and he hit me with a right uppercut, and the and he swung out, and I fell against the ropes, and I went, and everyone thought I was swearing because I got punched and you broke my nose at the time. But no, the reason why I was so frustrated is because three minutes it went by and I didn't figure anything out. Oh boy. I didn't, you know what I mean? I didn't figure anything out. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just didn't read him. And that's why I yelled. Sure. I was so pissed off. And I went, and then we, next round, I remember, you you can hear everything in the ring. Yeah. It, it, it's like, oh, I've yeah. talked to people and they, I'm like, didn't you hear me yelling at you? And like, no, I can't. It's so distorted. Uh-uh. I mean, that's the difference, I guess, the levels. You can hear a Coca-Cola bottle. I haven't heard Tyson say this, and that's what he said. A Coca-Cola bottle rolling down now. You can hear it, but mm. you hear every little thing. Yeah, word. everything's magnified. Yeah, I mean, that's how in tune you are. But sure, you got to be in tune here, but 
Those are exter- you're, you're external forces. But so I ended up, I, ended up, I fought to a draw with this guy. Okay. And, uh, but yeah, I, it, and I wish, I have the, I have this old man's card because I'd want to see that fight on video. I don't have that. Some of my fights I don't have on video and that's yeah. one I'd like to see because I had a man up. I yeah. really, I really did. I was up against, I was like, holy shit, man. Well, you know, it, it it's impressive. I've seen you, uh, I've seen you come up for the last, you know, 20 some years and I know you train in here, uh, in my place fit. 24-7 sometimes, but, you know, I'm not just saying this to make you feel good. I mean, here you are at 43. I saw you fight last year in Albuquerque. Um, a year ago, almost to the date. And uh, took my oldest son down there, uh, enjoyed it thoroughly. I thought you did a, a stellar job. And I, I mean, I think, I think you're fighting as well now as you were 15 years ago. That's just I, I, my I know opinion. More now. I know more now. You know, and I... You get in great shape. Uh, that's the other thing. I've seen you go from like 180 pounds down to 140 pounds, which, was, you know, people that don't, people that, you know, and I've never lost 40 pounds. I've lost 20. I was 201 two. pounds one time. Were you really? And how two. tall are you? 6'3". <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How tall are you? 5'8"? 5'6"? 5'7". Okay. I've shrunk okay. it, but yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I think it's, it, it's really admirable that, uh, you're still doing it, and I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, what keeps you going? You know, I took I took like seven years off, and I started training my nephew and a couple of the younger kids, and I was watching them, you know, learn. And I'm like, man, I'm my cousin's an athlete, he's playing college ball, and I'm like, I'm better shaped than him. And I was like, I might, I got to do this. I have to do this. Mm-hmm. I'll have because I will have regrets, and because uh, I have a lot of. But I was like, I have to do this, and so that I know that's what I did it to like to wake up my two kids and my stepson, mm-hmm. like to give them something. Mm-hmm. I did like look, Some anything motivation. is possible. Look at look what I'm doing. Yeah. You've seen me down and out at home, you know, not happy. Look at this is what I'm doing. Hopefully, this wakes you up. Good for you. I well, yeah, I think it's was, fantastic. Um, how, you know, you're 43. How long do you foresee doing it? I, I realistically, can go, I, can, I can, realistically, I think I could go through the next forty-four, and that's it. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I, I wouldn't so. mind. Be, I wouldn't mind being a sparring partner. That's all. That's always been one of my goals: is to be a sparring partner in Vegas, and, and get work with the client. Because I, cause so my expertise, I think, is is training people. Like I can watch fights, and like, man, look at you. You're doing this. You're mm-hmm. doing that. Because like coach. when you're in the ring, you, you got someone yelling at you, throw more right hands. But in the ring. You can't throw that right hand because he just... It, but then when you watch it on film, you're like, gee, I could have thrown that right hand, but in the ring you can't because that little bit of movement he's showing me is keeping me from doing it. It's just throwing it off. I can't throw that right hand because I can see he's going to throw a left hook sure. if I do that. Sure. Let's talk about that a little bit, the coaching scenario, because you coach kids right now, um, and quite a bit, right? I mean, how, how many hours a week are you spending coaching kids, would you say? One, two, three, about... Five six hours. That's great. That's really great. Yeah, we have a youth program, so I and I got different levels of kids, so that's mm-hmm. what makes it hard. But I got to remind them, hey, Tom Brady has been playing football for twenty years. He throws the same pass, and when he right. completes it, it's still not good enough. So, like, that's one thing you know. It's like some of the fighters now they do all these crazy things, but when you got guys like Mayweather, they do the basics. They master the basics. Yeah. 
Yeah. You don't get nothing nothing fancy. And then you hear all this... I'm getting off point here, but you hear all this, oh, I'm an entertainer. Uh-uh. But yes, there's, you're selfish. You have... That comes with the territory. You got... Their main thing is to win the fight. Mm-hmm. And it don't matter how they do it. They just got... They want to win it. Yeah. Yeah. But as far as... I know what you asked about coaching kids, but yeah. yeah I, I mean, you... But I got different levels of kids, and that's what makes it kind of tough, and I got to remind them. You know, it's reps, 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 man. It's creating muscle memory. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think you would be a great coach. I mean, I've seen you work with people in here. You've helped me do some different things, uh, stuff that I carry over into working with some of the uh, couple of people that have Parkinson's disease. Um, what would be your greatest, although you may have just said it, greatest um, advice for kids that are wanting to take uh, boxing? Don't do it. No, I'm kidding. No, I, that's, that's the one kid I called him <laughs> the other day. I'm like, Alex, you got to get in here. I mean, I'm like, seriously, I mean, you need to get in here. You, you, I've seen the talent you have mm-hmm. and do as I say, not as I've done. Yeah. <laughs> Things like that. Sure. Um, but I lost your train of thought. Seems like, it seems like boxing has become kind of somewhat of a lost art. And obviously we're, um, maybe, maybe that's just around here, but... Um, People that say that really don't watch boxing, though. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not. The fights are huge. Even now with the COVID, the fights are huge. Right yeah. Now. What it is, I think what's wrong with professional boxing is how it's advertised, how it's True. promoted. Sure. But yeah. I mean, there's politics that's gone on since I was born. All right. There is politics in boxing. Sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And depending on who's sanctioning the fights and where I they're mean, being held and what state it's in. and Sure. I've, I've seen some fights and you're like, is this thing... Like, I watched De La Hoya Mayweather, and he, De La Hoya should have tore him up. But the money's on Mayweather, so mm-hmm. what happens if De La Hoya wins? And, you know, he, I watched that, and it was weird. He never threw a right hand. He, you watch, he throws all these right hands short, except for the last round, he throws one, and he connects. And Mayweather kind of looked at him mm-hmm. like, you know. Makes you wonder. It does. Makes you wonder. <laughs> college athletes, I don't know. <laughs> so, Miguel, tell me about some influences. Who are... Uh... Who are your biggest influences in boxing? Well, I don't necessarily know influences such as like, oh, how do I say it? Pros or your dad or... Well, there's styles that I mimic that I like mm-hmm. and admire more than most and I would, oh, I got it down. You know, I'm the Jack Dempsey fan, first Jack off. Jack Dempsey, the Manassas Mahler. Uh-huh. It's over by where I grew up. That's in the southern end of the San Luis Valley, down in Manassa. It's wild as he fought it. You know, they got to sign at the ranch and said fifty dollars in nineteen fifteen. He made fifty dollars, but four years later, he made three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Wow! For and that's fight. back in the twenties, early twenties. That's a lot of money. That's an unbelievable amount of money. But uh, yeah, Jack. Dan- I like. I was. I like. I was like when he fought Jim Jeffries. How he broke four of his ribs, broke his jaw, knocked out like three or four teeth. Yeah, I mean that's that's wild. Wow, those guys fighting back in that day. But as far as styles go, like the influences, um, Costa Zoo. A lot of people don't know who he is. Costa Zoo. Costa Zoo. Julio Caesar Chavez, Rocky, and Mike Tyson are my mm-hmm. influences. Mm-hmm. Rocky that's, movies, that's and they all sense. were inducted into the Hall of Fame the same year. Oh wow! Uh huh. Wow. But um. So what is it? What are what are their methods, or what are, what do you, what do you see in them that really? Costa well, Zoo. He was dirt like like cheating within the rules. Dirty. He was a dirty fighter, but he did it within the rules. You know, he 
he would throw his low blows or he would throw you to the ground. He'd do it a couple times because he knew he was going to get penalized until it got to progress to a certain point. And was, so that was one. that's one thing that I admired. You know, I'd like to take in just the toughness. And then he had Chavez, just the constant head movement, the the boxer breaking people down, methodically breaking just round after round. That's that's the art of it. Is mm-hmm. that's a that's a when you break someone down like that, man. That 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 you know. I've never necessarily been broken down. Sure, I've lost fights, but I've never been broken down. It's like the fights I've lost is because I lost them because I didn't do enough. Mm-hmm. But I can mm-hmm. imagine how devastating that would feel on the conscious your con. Was it with your your consciousness? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Of, man, that I. I'm just not on that level. Mm-hmm. But then you got then you had Tyson. I used to watch Tyson fights, but now I. Tyson drives me nuts. I've, his story has been played so many times. Sure. And, sure. Then, and then you got Rocky. <laughs> yeah. Rocky Balboa. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's... Uh, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, you know, everybody's got their own style, and uh, you certainly have yours. One thing I wanted to... That I notice, and I'm certainly not a boxing aficionado, but you're capable, and I don't. I haven't seen this with a lot of boxers, of being ambidextrous. Yeah. I've so seen I'll you switch. go left and right and switch... Now, am I wrong, or do a lot of boxers do that? They don't, and then when you hear announcers, oh, that means he's frustrated. No, no, it doesn't. Because, you know, know, I'm not saying you're as strong left as you are right, but you're very, in my opinion, very close. And I, you know, I I think that's fantastic, and that's got to completely throw people off their game when they're in the It does, because the punches come from a different angle, and in fact, my next fights, if I do get some fights here, I'm I'm fighting strictly left. I'm going to, I'll end up switching. Uh Uh-huh. But I'm gonna start fighting right. lefty, more I love lefty. It. Like my dad used to get upset. Don't switch lefty until like third <laughs> round or something. Don't switch right off the bat, you know. But um, hey, if it presents itself to land a shot, you have to do it. You yeah, have to, you have absolutely. to jump on it right then and there. That's like game plan. You have to have a plan for a plan. You have you have to be able to adjust on the fly. Absolutely. Quickly yeah. Because it is fast. Yeah. That's thing, pro boxing and amateur boxing. Amateur boxing with punches and bunches. Box, professional boxing is slower, but it's faster. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. It's slowed down, but it's fast. It's precise. Mm-hmm. And that, for instance, an example of that is the other night, Giovante Davis fought Leo Santa Cruz. He threw three right hands when he should have just thrown one. He threw, he threw the one, he should have got out. Why he threw the other two is because it was like systematic, because he had been training. He was punching as if he was punching a heavy bag Mm -hmm. whereas the other guy was figuring him out and you notice that a lot of people that's why some people don't transfer from amateur to the pros because you can't hit that heavy bag the way you can a person you know you can't that heavy bag and throw punches back and that's just some people just that's what separates the elite from elite that that person's out thinking that person Mm -hmm. he's just outsmarting him yeah, there's a big, not big, big mental game, him, right? He's outsmarting him. Yeah, got to put the, got to put the mental with the physical. Fantastic, good stuff. Well, listen, Miguel, uh, I could talk to you for hours. Uh, with these next couple of minutes, I want to, you know, kind of wrap things up. I, uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on board. You, uh, you inspire and motivate countless people here in the Durango community. Um, and elsewhere, Albuquerque, you know, I sat and watched uh, last year's fight. And there's people even from Albuquerque that well, you were... you know, I fought in February, there. though, too. Oh. I fought in Fe- I fought 
in February. I took a fight on two days' notice after that November. Oh, fight. right, down in El Paso. Yeah. That's they, right. They called me and I, two days' notice, I was like, let's do it. And the only reason why I was able to do it, I wasn't in condition to, I wasn't in sparring, fighting condition, but I had been lifting weights. Mm-hmm. I'd been here lifting weights for three weeks. Yeah, that's the only reason why I did it because I knew my muscles were strong enough. Yeah. And well, you certainly don't look or act or box your age, whatever that means. You know, I mean <laughs> to say forty-three, but I, you know, honestly, I've only seen a, a, a few fighters in their forties be even close to your uh, kind of condition. So I, I just uh, I really admire it. I think you're a warrior. Um, you know, the amount of discipline that you have is uh is second to none so i look forward to seeing what this year brings about and um i hope we can maybe get you back in here and we can discuss uh yeah. another fight maybe you Possibly. might end up in vegas and, well, yeah uh, that was, that's what you know they called me a couple weeks ago to fight in vegas on uh-huh. the undercard and they ended up going with someone else like it was a guy's second fight and i just had a little bit much experience but we tried selling it look at his age mm-hmm. my inactivity this guy was from pennsylvania but they opted to go with someone else well so you never know i've been so i've been saying but yeah you, that's and that's i had two promoters call me so and that's the thing the second i stop training is a minute they're gonna call sure so <laughs> gotta be ready yes for sure <laughs> well uh, again thank you so much and um looking forward to seeing you around here and around town and uh uh, just stay in touch and right. good on you for, for working with these kids for sure uh, they're, they're fortunate to have you as a coach cool man well, appreciate it yeah thank you Miguel thanks this podcast is brought to you by the popular books Wellness Toolbox 1 and 2 these books are available on Amazon as well as at local Durango Colorado merchants purchase your copies today today